music. It's not just part of our daily lives, it's part of our wrestling fandom as well, and it has been for decades. That's where this show comes in, Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling, hosted by Andrew Rich. Hey, that's me. Each episode delivers a different topic with a variety of great guests, fun conversations, musical analysis, and of course, a heartfelt pun or two. New episodes drop every other Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. Check out Music of the Mat only on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J Cast. Yes, it's us. We're back again. I'm Joel, joined by David McDonald. It is Saturday, 17th of December, 2022. This is episode 239. Welcome back, David. Hello, everyone. What's going on? Hope everyone is well. Hope everyone is excited. Hope everyone got through uh, tag leagues and uh, all that to get to where we are now. Exciting times, exciting times for Nuge, Nuge, the Nuge, if you will, not Ted Nugent, New Japan Pro Wrestling. I wasn't expecting you to throw it back to me so quickly. I've, oh, I've got sorry. some bad news, actually. Oh. So, uh, well, you might think this is good news. We no longer need to do this podcast, David, because a uh, friend of the show on our Discord, Andrew, decided to log into one of these uh, artificial intelligence websites and oh. get them to write an episode of the Super J cast. And I've sent it to you on WhatsApp. I see. We, we could read it. Let's let's role play it. Okay. And I guarantee it's better than the shit we usually come out with. It probably so, is. Oh, God. All right, you got it ready? Yeah, I got it ready. Okay, so this is, this is the, <laughs> the AI-generated episode of the Super J cast. Okay, so here we go. Hey, David. Welcome to the Super J cast, the number one podcast for all things New Japan Pro Wrestling. Hey Joel, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I'm the fucking <laughs> I created this thing. Uh, it's always a great time to talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh, excuse me, NJPW and all the amazing wrestlers they have. I mean, already it's better than the intro I usually do because <laughs> they've actually mentioned the fact that we're talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling. But I, I will continue. That's right. And speaking of amazing wrestlers, today we're going to be discussing a very important topic. What's that, Joel? The size of their willies. <laughs> and, and wait, it says parenthesis, uh, D- Damon laughs. And I did. <laughs> size of their willies. Oh, boy, it's here we convincing. go. <laughs> so, Joel, which NJPW wrestler do you think has the biggest willie? 
Well, I've heard some rumors about Grey Card, but I don't know if they're true. What about you, David? Oh, I got a little another one. Uh, I've also heard some things about Grey Khan, but I don't think we should be discussing the size of anyone's private parts on this podcast. Obviously, never listened to the show before. You're right, David. <laughs> Let's just stick to discussing the wrestling and leave the personal stuff out of it. <laughs> this this bot stinks. Uh, agreed. <laughs> so, moving on uh, from that topic. Let's talk about the upcoming NJPW events and which wrestlers we're looking forward to seeing in action. Ugh. <laughs> so that's the end of the uh, AI-generated script. But, I mean, when it, the thing popped up about disguising the, disguising the size of their willies, I, I was convinced that that was an actual transcript from an episode we've done, because I'm sure, I'm sure we've discussed that several times in the past. Without question. Without question. But, uh, yeah. I mean, listen, this is a computer-generated thing, so it's not going to be uh, perfect, but I think they kind of – it was in the – we were in the ballpark. It started out like, okay, great. Yeah, we're talking about dicks. Yeah, absolutely. That's us. We're the dick podcast. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure people have called us that before as well. <laughs> uh, well I, I still think back fondly to the uh, working titles that – uh, your missus was thinking that we could do at the start. The fuckheads. I think that was one of them. Yeah. Eating you should like his asshole. That was another one. <laughs> I still really like that off one. the tongue. Yeah, I still like that. I'm still, I got, yeah, I have a soft spot in my heart for that one. Eating Jushin Lager. Imagine that asshole. on the t shirts. <laughs> imagine, imagine Kevin Kelly popping on that one. <laughs> <laughs> giving us a shout out, Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, the boys from Eating Jushin Lager's like asshole. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're watching for sure. They'll, they'll be talking about it this week. <laughs> oh, well, we're back. We're back, and we we just slide right in. It's like riding a bike, Joe. It's like, like you don't you, you don't miss a beat. <laughs> well, I would like to thank our guest host. He did a fucking tremendous job. Yeah, even if I say so myself. So uh, that was Lawrence and Evelyn. There was Mike and Tracy. Yep. Uh, John and Elliot and Booze and J. Michael. Just fantastic stuff. Uh, maybe very self-conscious about actually coming back on the show because I was thinking, fuck, they're all better than me. But, uh, you're back. We're back and you're stuck with us. Yeah, this is it. Sorry, guys. This is what brought you to the dance. We gave you the, uh, we gave you the platform to then listen to others. Uh, do a better job than us. <laughs> I, know. I I swear I listened to the first one. It was it was, it was the uh, the couple from Montreal, right? Oh, they're so funny and great, and I just love them. I I, I swear I got to meet them someday. We got to meet them someday because they're just oh they're and they're professional. Like it just sounded like a professional show, whereas we just sound like two fucking idiots. With that, just happened to buy some microphones. We've got a producer. Why don't we have a producer? We do. We have Dan, but yeah, but but it's but yeah, he's an editor, he's not a producer. That's a good point. No disrespect to Dan, of course, but uh, yeah, it just sounded professional and it sounded uh, like a quality broadcast, like people who knew how to uh, do a show. You know, they knew how to do a fucking show, and they and you could tell the chemistry. Thank God they have chemistry; they're together. Um, and yeah, they were they, uh, great. And booze was always is, is always great, fucking amazing job. And um, the dads were great. And who, who who were the people in the middle? Who am I missing? Uh, the other couple. Uh, right? We have Mike and Tracy. Mike, uh, they yeah. were fucking and, uh, tremendous. Yeah, Jay Michael, who was a I, I had to. 
basically bully J. Michael into hopping on with Boost because J. Michael does a ton of tremendous writing for Voices of Wrestling, but he really did not want to do a podcast. So really? we had to almost physically threaten him uh, <laughs> to jump on and do it. And I'm glad that he did. We'll, we'll definitely have him on again in the future. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So, uh, yeah, I, a, a thousand thanks because it does give us a little break to recharge. And, um, and, it, I, and I do like the idea of it in the sense that we allow other voices to be heard, you know, and I think that's an important thing. I think, um, I think sometimes just getting pounded over the head with our dumb opinions, maybe, you know, it's good to have a, a different take and a different spin and a different feel and a different whatever. Um, so yeah, I like the fact that we do it every year. And again, I like the fact that I fucking just, kind of reset and it does recharge the battery and it recharges the battery right in time for the best time of the fucking year. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited to get on and talk to you today because we have a great deal to get through today. Uh, First of all, very important thing. We've got the awards to talk about the super J cast year end awards. So the ballot for that is live. It is pinned to our Twitter profile. So if you have not already voted, please go to twitter.com forward slash the super Jcast and get voting. We've already got 141 responses in so far, which is really good. It'd be great if we could beat last year's total, which was around 250, I want to say. So yeah, definitely get voted on that, please. And thank you. And also, mm. we have other awards to talk about. And those are the Tokyo Sports Awards, David. I don't know if you've had a chance to see these i have I will send them to you yeah if you have not so the we have uh the tokyo sports mvp was kazuchika okada runaway winner there match of the year was okada versus osprey from the g1 mm-hmm. although not too far behind was uh eldest brother versus junkasai right. with uh three votes compared to okada and osprey six votes uh tag team of the year was not won by New Japan team, but Okada Cobb were not too far away. Uh, outstanding performance award was, uh, looks like it was Kento Miyahara. Kento Miyahara. Yeah. yeah, so Kento won in a runoff. Fighting Spirit Award was Great Okada, which nice. is nice. So he beat Higuchi in the final round. Uh, Technique Award, Yuki Yoshioka. Rookie of the Year, Yuma Anzai, and Women's MVP, Suri. So, Pretty good show for New Japan. Um, no, no real surprises there with Okada. Uh, Okada versus Osprey were the two big ones, though. Yeah, Okada with fifteen, I guess, votes. Uh, number two, Muda. <laughs> okay, Jimoda. Uh, however, you want to slice it. So, uh, and then Jay White got one vote too. Uh, probably by Jay White. <laughs> Jay White's mom <laughs> voted on that one. Uh, wow, very interesting. <laughs> They always, um, I, I, I will say that they always seem to get all kinds of different promotions involved and maybe names that not only you might not be familiar with, but names that, uh, you know, don't get a lot of press, maybe don't get a lot of, uh, uh, like, here's a perfect example. Uh, that Fighting Spirit Award that you talked about, Okan, I'm looking at it, and Kojima came in fucking third place. Well, all right. Um, good stuff there, Tokyo. But the, but here's the thing: it is a. Correct me if I'm wrong. It is a pl- pretty political award, correct? 
Yes, yes, yeah, very yeah. much so. So, yeah, no real surprises there. They usually do uh, intentionally sort of spread the votes amongst the other companies in Japan, but uh, I just thought it was notable for, uh, yeah, Great Okan getting yet another award. Uh, so we will see if he's going to be getting uh, a more prestigious award for the Super Jcast Awards. And I will tell you, he is he's in with a good chance, just looking at the results now. I'm not going to say for which category, okay. but he is up there. All so right. It looks like it's going to be a good year for for our boy, the Great Card. All he needs um, is a Wrestle Kingdom okay, match, Joel. All he needs is a Wrestle Kingdom match. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, someone who, who will not be having a Wrestle Kingdom match is Kota Ibushi. So mm. there was a really interesting report from uh, Joe Lanza at Voices of Wrestling who do absolutely tremendous work getting the inside scoop for Japan and, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. So Reports coming in that it seems that when his deal is up early next year, he's going to be leaving New Japan and most likely Cyberfight uh, reported to have tabled a rather large offer for him. Now, Ibushi himself has said that money is not really that important to him. You know what Ibushi's like. He wants to do his own thing and do his wacky Ibushi Pro Wrestling Institute with his... Uh, miscellaneous uh, polygon-shaped rings, but uh, it could be that he finds his way over to Pro Wrestling Noah. That seems to be what people are saying is the likely, most likely uh, destination for him. It's amazing It's amazing how people uh, who have money, Joe, I said, it's amazing how people who have money don't care about money. (laughs) But people who don't have any money, they care about money. All right. (laughs) Jesus Christ. How do you feel about Ibushi working Noah? Is that something you'd be tuning into? I, I mean, I, I suppose the first question I should ask you is you feel sad about him almost certainly leaving New Japan? I think it was inevitable. I don't, I mean, again, it is pro wrestling and you know, uh, relationships get severed and then they always seem to get patched up because money's involved. Um, I can't say I'm shocked. Uh, it is disappointing because he is one of the most talented guys that New Japan had. Um, to lose that type of talent is sad, but yeah, that relationship just broke. It's strained. I, I couldn't see him returning, but um, he'll be able to do his own thing and that'll make him happy and the company will move on and Blah blah blah, but I let's put it this way: time heals all wounds, right? That's what they say. So I'm thinking, uh, you know, I want to be surprised in the future we see him again, but not in the uh, the near future. Let's put it that way. Yeah, never say never. So the only real regret I have is that we. Do not see uh, Kota Ibushi versus Red Narita match. I think that's sort of stylistically something that would be really fun to watch. Uh, I would like to see Ibushi pop up in AW. I don't know if that's something he'd be interested in, but uh, just it will be fun <laughs> just to see everyone losing their minds on Twitter for a start. And I still think there's unfinished business there with Kenny Omega. So, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. I'm a fan of Ibushi, uh, you know, not just within the New Japan context. I'm, I'm interested to see what he goes on to do next. And uh, hope you find some happiness for him. And his, his mum, because they've been yeah. through a lot. So all the best to them. Give me a, the, give me your oh, percentage. Sorry. Give me your percentages you think. Uh, I'm cutting you off all the time here. Sorry. Uh, give me your percentages you think AEW. 
pretty low. I would say, really? yeah, yeah, I would say sort of maybe seventy five percent lower, fifteen twenty percent twenty percent AW, and then the the smaller percentage that it pops up. I don't know DDT or somewhere, but uh, I don't think he's interested in that for what I understand. But I mean, it could be the odd dates for AW. I don't think he's going to go and sign full time and be working dynamite week in week out, but. I mean, certainly I wouldn't say no to him coming in for a few big shows during the year. I think that would be tremendous. Love yeah, I think that. that's where we're leaning, right? I think I don't think any type of full-time contract, but him popping in on some big shows and have a, you know, a little feud with somebody, you know, uh, that could easily be done, you know, with just do, a handful. Do you think New Japan brass would mind about that? You know what? Here's the thing. And, and, and this kind of encompasses a lot of of what's going on in pro wrestling and everybody getting all fucking flustered and 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 getting on Twitter and being shocked that, you know, Michael Cole said Bullet Club. So now there is a an alliance and uh, Suzuki was training with this guy. So now there's an alliance and uh, like pro wrestling's in a weird state. In the sense that the days of you could never mention this or you could never be shown in a photo with that person. or I think that's all fucking gone. You know what I mean? I think those days are fucking well gone, especially with the one who, you know, who uh, kind of started that trend. Vince uh, no longer in the picture. So, I like, I don't think. Well, I think for now, for now, apparently he was back in. Uh, he wants. There's a big difference between wanting. He always, he, he never not wanted to be back in. You know, you know, it's Vince fucking McMahon. Uh, I, I like. What do you think he's doing with his time right now? Like, just like he's going out of his mind. He masturbates three times a day at least, <laughs> at least, just out of sheer boredom. Uh, he's he wants to get back in. He wants to get back in, of course. Um, <laughs> but um. I think, like I said, in this day, in age, we we should expect that and not lose our minds thinking that, you know, it means that there's going to be some type of working relationship. So to answer your question, do I think New Japan would be upset if AEW worked stuff with Coda? No, I really don't. I don't think they would give a fuck. Um, now, that doesn't mean that a forbidden door show uh, is going to feature him. I wouldn't go so far as to say that, but him working with them. Nah, I, I think, I think if anybody's holding on and clutching on to that is it's kind of passe at this point. Yeah. I think New Japan would just be happy enough for him to keep his mouth shut and not yeah. <laughs> blow whatever secrets they have out of the water, to be honest. So, yeah, I, I don't think they'd have any strong objections to him uh, working at AW. So, yeah, exciting times for Ibushi. I'll be looking forward to seeing him back in the ring uh, if he's healthy. All right. Uh, we also have an uh, exciting match here. We've got Katsuri Shibata versus Tom Lawler in a UWFI rules match at the uh, Garujima show on 20th December. So, that one should be a lot of fun. And, of course, it does beg the question, why is he not wrestling for New Japan? And the only conclusion I could come to, you know, seeing him doing this match, seeing him, you know, wrestling in AEW, I wonder if it's insurance-related. Like, maybe New Japan can't get him insured 
for for their shows in Japan. And if that is the case, I'm, I'm letting the blame squared at the Wrestling Observer newsletter now. <laughs> they read the report about him and his brain, the brain surgery. I can imagine them reading that thing. And they did what with his brain? No, no way. Burn the policy. So, yeah, that, that's my working theory at the moment. Uh, I mean, look, it makes sense if, if that's the case um, of why. It doesn't necessarily make sense that, you know, to – to do it, but it makes sense from in 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 my eyes for that. Um, I think that the way this has been handled with Shibata has been very, uh, at best, it's been awkward, and uh, at worst, it's been embarrassing. To be honest with you, like the way that he was hyped up to be brought back. And then they change the rules, and then they they don't change the rules, and then you don't see them forever, and then you see them wind up on the Forbidden Door show, and just everything that has happened so far. Um, like he's not back, he's not back, he hasn't been back. To to, to say that he has been back is a fallacy. Um, he's back sparingly at best. Um, and, and specifically not in a new Japan ring. So, uh, once again, not on wrestle kingdom, uh, once again, not really involved in much of anything in a new Japan ring. And it does lead to, unfortunately, a lot of speculation about his health and about what he can do and what he can't do in a ring. And if he's allowed to do this or that and the other thing, I mean, let's be honest, his style is that of. Let's just call it very hard hitting. I want to go so far as to say dangerous, but look, watch watch the matches. Go back in time and watch him. Not even just in New Japan rings, but in other rings as well. As well. It's 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 a very physically demanding style, I will say. So yeah, I guess I, I you know there there has to be some apprehension because if he's healthy or if he's believed to not be healthy by by any parties. Um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a challenge. It's a problem. It's, you know, I should point out actually Gabe Kidd did call him out at a backstage comment and challenged him to, I I think he said, let's have a fight at your corner in the UK or something. So I don't think he'd be doing that if this was, you know, New Japan directive to explicitly not use him because again, I think it just might just be something that they're having they either don't want to or cannot book him in Japan, but they they're given the blessing for him to work AW or presumably work RevPro against Gabe Kid. So yeah, I think you know if that one does go ahead, Gabe Kid versus Shibata in the UK, that'll be a ton of fun. I'd love to see that. Well, one thing I don't understand is is if it is a liability issue or an insurance, I don't know how that works. Like I don't know of any other. I'm really trying to rack my brain thinking, okay. When has that ever happened before? Like when is – and I'm not saying that's the answer. Like I'm not saying that that's the reason. And again, um, I don't know, but it makes sense that it would be that. But I guess my point is this, is that like wh- how does that work? Like are there – like if a, if if somebody is injured, uh, do they – like is it – the insurance company that's stepping in and keeping him out of the ring or like, how does he get clearance? Like if somebody hurt their neck, like, all right, let's just say Holma, right? Is, 
Is was that an issue? Uh, I'm just I'm just try, I'm just thinking out loud. Like, wh- how would they be involved? What would what? Why would they be involved? And I don't. I like you know what I mean. Like what? How? What? Ram- like how does that happen? How, how does that work? I guess is, is my question. I guess I'd have to ask somebody there, but like I don't. I just I have no idea how that works, and I don't know of any other times that that's happened. The only precedent up was a. Uh- Bret Hart, because he, him and a lot of other wrestlers, like I think this was in the late 80s, took out insurance policies with Lloyds of London. Right. And I think Lloyds at the time, uh, they incorrectly assumed that the odds of a, a wrestler do fake fights uh, claiming a, a permanent disability benefit were quite small. So I imagine the landscape has changed a lot since then. Yeah. So I don't know what the, the precedent is these days for that. Yeah, I remember that. Road Warriors had one. I think uh, Kurt Henning had one. Um, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the top name guys in that time had had stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So I'm curious. I think we uh, maybe we do some uh, prodding, prodding, do some investigative journalism, as we like to do, <laughs> which which involves sending a text. Hey, <laughs> what do you th- what, what's happening here? <laughs> That's our investigative journalist. Yes. Countless Twitter DMs that go uh, unresponded right. to. <laughs> exactly. And text messages that, that sit on delivered. <laughs> yeah. As, as soon as those tic, that text turns blue, then oof, yep. our, our blood is boiling, David. <laughs> hey, speaking of, of, of that, uh, can I – and I'm completely out of the loop. Trust me. I don't – because I don't give a shit. We don't have a blue check, do we? No, I'm not paying for one. You got to pay for it now. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Do you? Okay. But how much is it? It's just like twenty bucks a month or something like that. Twenty bucks a month. That's preposterous. Yeah, I think so. Well, huh. Maybe Elon Musk that horseshit. Huh. His cars stink too, by the way. They're cheap, cheap pieces of shit. All right. Anyway, what are we? Fucking idiot. <laughs> well. Uh, yeah, we've got quite a few shows to get through, David, so oh. let's crack on. World Tag League, night one, Monday, what? November 21st from Corrigan <laughs> Hall. The opening match, Kosei Fujita defeat no. Yuzo Nakashima in eight minutes five Boston Crab. <laughs> David, take it away. <laughs> oh, my God. I had a panic attack there. Whew, i got to catch my breath. There's no fucking way I'm talking about that. Um, What did you think overall? Anything stand out? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Tag League, anything stand out for you? I'm all right. Let, let's work our way back. So, Goto Yoshihashi. Uh, no, I've, I've got I've got all that very carefully weaved into our Wrestle Kingdom card uh, preview. Okay. Well, let me so just. We're going to be talking about that. Okay. Well, let me just say, uh, I'll give you my overall thoughts. It was okay. I don't think that there was anything that you really needed to go out of your way to watch. Um. I thought things – I was disappointed in the sense that with a lot of new faces, um, I thought we would have maybe a little bit more juice, and I don't mean Robinson. Um, and I just kind of felt flat on it. I don't really – Again, it was okay. There was nothing that was terrible. 
but to me this was like this 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 felt to me like world tag league and thank god i'm off because i had to come up with takes and i had none <laughs> that's what i thought yeah i think uh booze and j michael did a tremendous job breaking it down in excruciating detail in a good way last week so i don't feel the need to you know rehash uh, ice cold takes on, on the tag league um, but it was nice to see a lot of fresh new faces david yes um, that's not the only fresh thing we've got <sighs> about these parts because wow. we've also got the delicious food from our friends over at hello fresh i'm you know what we've been away for you know, a couple of weeks and uh you you and your segues perfect you haven't missed a beat you're right there giving us the information that we need and I need to be able to go back into my my WhatsApp and uh, go to our Google Drive to be able to bring up the copy for HelloFresh. And, and really, I really don't even need it at this point. Why? Because it is the America's number one meal kit, right? With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients. Seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. My goodness, what a great service that is. Skip trips to the grocery store. Count on HelloFresh to make some home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Now, HelloFresh is now offering, for those of you who partake, vegan recipes on the menu every week. So if uh, you are a vegan, you're in luck. Um, So it's made without animal products of any kind, like dairy, meat, eggs, honey. Enjoy meals like sweet chili tofu bowls or spicy coconut curry stir fry. So you're in luck. Now we're talking, right? HelloFresh works with your ever-changing schedule. Plans are flexible. And you can choose your meals for the week, update your preferences, or change your delivery day all in the HelloFresh app. So, man, I'm telling you, you got it made in the shade. Here's what I want you to do. Go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW65. They're changing it all over the place. Jeez, Louise. Now it's HelloFresh65. Okay. So again, HelloFresh.com slash VOW, Voices of Wrestling, VOW65, and use code VOW65 for, take a guess, 65% off plus free shipping. That's pretty awesome. Once again, HelloFresh.com slash VOW65, use VOW65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Can't stress it enough. What a great service. We use it here at home, and I think you should too. HelloFresh, holidays easy, holidays stressful, no longer. Well, it's easy because HelloFresh is there delivering fresh meals to your doorstep. Once again, HelloFresh.com slash VOW65. Use the code VOW65 for 65% off plus free shipping. It's a Christmas miracle. With HelloFresh. I've just cooked a delicious HelloFresh meal. It's so yummy. I'm licking the plate. Can you listen to it? That's me licking the plate because it's so yummy. All right. Joe Gagney from the... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Joe Gagney from the Five Star Match Game 
Voices Wrestling. So should World Tag League and this Studio Tag League run concurrently in the future or should they be held at different times of the year? I think most people quite like them being at the same time because it's uh, easy to ignore both of them in one <laughs> shot. <laughs> it makes it convenient and fun. Um, uh, yeah, I don't mind it. I, actually, I, I kind of like it together because um, at, at the very least, you have matches that technically mean something. Um, you know, points are to be had. So, eh, um, I, I don't mind them being together. I, I, I actually prefer being together. Yeah, likewise. I, I think they were sort of different enough for it to feel different on alternating nights. They each had a distinct flavor. I, I swear I'm not segueing into another. Let's do another one. I like it so much. Let's really? do uh, All right, let's crack on there. So we have two shows coming up. We've got Road to the Tokyo Dome on Thursday, December 22nd, and Friday, December 23rd at Korakuen Hall. So notable things uh, from the Thursday show here. We have four concurrent, well, not concurrent, consecutive singles matches between members of United Empire and Young Lions, which is quite interesting. And the main event of that first night is Yo Tanahashi and Okada against Doki Lance Archer, middle of Suzuki. Uh, no sign of Okada's Wrestle Kingdom main event opponent there, but we'll get to him. And then on uh, Friday, December 23rd, our main event is going to be an emotional one. So we have the Suzuki Goon final match. Takamichi no. Noku, El Desperado, Lance Archer, Minoru Suzuki versus Doki, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Taichi, and Zack Sabre Jr. So it is a, an intra-Suzuki-gun affair for the final match here. So we're going to finish up, presumably, with the snow falling on Suzuki-gun, as they call it a day. And I dare say a, a tear or two may be shed from myself because that's going to be an emotional moment because when Suzuki initially came out to do the announcement, my sort of pro-wrestling brain was thinking... What is this? You know, this is a missed opportunity. This is leaving money on the table. You've got to make an angle out of this. You know, have someone beat up Suzuki for, for leadership of the faction. But then I saw this announcement. And I thought, oh, you know what? That's that's going to be a lovely moment. That's going to be memorable. Now, you know, they might still turn that into an angle. And, you know, even if they do sort of go ahead with the amicable uh, breakup of the faction, they could still do an angle with the remaining members at, at Union Dash. I mean, there's plenty of opportunity for that. So, I quite like the way that they've done it. So, I mean, of course, we'll have to wait and see what the show is like, but it's going to be very, very sad because I love Suzuki Good. I think they've been one of the most entertaining factions in recent years. Uh, and people have written in about this. So, Louis says, Why does New Japan take nice things away from us? Suzuki Good is gone. It will always be Ichiban. And uh, John, who co hosted for us on the, the Dad podcast, says, With the dissolution of Suzuki Good, what does this do for the members and where do they go from here? Flynn says, Please choose a new faction for every member of Suzuki Oh, and also I should mention that uh, we have the final Takataichi Mania show as well. So that's going to be taking place. Um, I can't remember the date. I think it's sometime next week. It's going to be uh, before this show. So I think, and on that show, that's made of it by Taichi versus Shigo for the KOPW. We've got Takamichinoku versus Hiromu. So if Taka kicks out of the nameless Hiromu role, he gets a million yen. We've got Despian Lance Arch against Daisuke Sasaki and MJ Paul. Suzuki and Doki against Junkasai Tomaki Honma uh, and a few other matches there. So that will be the last ever Takataichi Mania show as well. So really, it's the end of an era, Dave, but it's it's very bittersweet. Feels like I feel like the times are changing, aren't they? You know, when you talk about that faction, 
you know, when they were running roughshod over Noah, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't the biggest fan in the sense of they felt like they were just, you know, running roughshod over Noah and they never really, f- I, to me, it didn't feel like they were, they got their, they got their due from the Noah, uh, we'll call them baby faces. Um, they come back, they de- re-debut at uh, one of the Dash shows. That was pretty fun, having them storm out and kick everyone's ass and take names, and that was good. Uh, yeah, it is a, um, it is just another reminder that times change, and people get older, and I think, you know, I think the members will form a faction within themselves. I would not be surprised to, to see that because why not? That that might be the easiest route to go. Uh, but I feel in my heart, and again, I don't have any confirmation on this whatsoever, but it does feel like this is kind of, I wouldn't say Suzuki riding off into the sunset, but this might be the beginning of the end um, when it comes to Suzuki in a, in a pro wrestling ring. Um, because now, you know, it's just him and it's easier for him to say, okay, this is the final tour. This is it. Away we go. Um, it is sad because I do like them a lot. I, 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 they might be eh, right up there with, with, uh, um, I wouldn't say chaos was, was a favorite of mine. I, uh, LIJ was, was always good. United Empire. I like a lot. So yeah, they're definitely up there in the top of my favorite factions. Um, yeah, I think I think snow falling on a on a on a Suzuki Gun send off. I think uh, I think that'd be nice. I'd be digging that. Yes. So, what do you think happens to them then? I I would like them to stay together, or at least the core members, and they could rebrand as something yeah. else, maybe. Hoover up a few new names, and yeah, keep that core of it. I, I want to see you know Despi, and Taichi, and Zach, and Doki all stay together, and Kanemaru actually. And yeah, just call themselves something else. Pick up a few more people, or do you think it's going to be like a full split and everyone goes off to a different faction? Well, I mean, let's consider who's in this faction. I mean, Lance Archer really isn't here. He comes in for. Um, you know, tournaments and shit like that to be an AEW representative. But um, yeah, I mean, it makes it easier for him to not have that obligation anymore, I guess. Uh, Kanemaru, I mean, he's, he's, you know, no spring chicken. You know, it's not like he's, you know, young lion-esque. He's, he's up there. Uh, Taka, of course, is up there. Um, so there's a lot of guys that are, or at least a handful of guys that are, you know, up there in age and up there in years. So I would not be surprised if it's more of the Zacks, the Tai Chi's, uh, you know, Doki's, th- those type of people that stick around. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see people leaving. Um, I think the remaining people would be their own faction, calling them whatever. I don't know if they'll continue with the name or not. It would be weird if they did, I think. Um, but look, this this feels to me like a perfect opportunity to make, I don't want to say wholesale changes, but like major changes to 
not only Suzuki, but like New Japan. You know, it, it is. I don't want to say it's a cleaning house. Don't get me wrong, but I think it just makes by splitting that up, it does make it easier to to put people, you know, into the sunset. I do. Yeah, I think 2023 is going to be a really exciting year. Things are going to be freshened up. I don't think Suzuki Good is going to be the last faction that gets a big shake-up. Right. So I, I dare say we'll see some new factions emerging. So I think also with the depth of the roster New Japan has, maybe they're looking at guys like Lance Archer and Taka, maybe even Kanemaru thinking, you know, we don't need to use these guys anymore. You know, I don't think... I, I would still love for them to keep Kanemaru because I think he's still fantastic. But... Uh, yeah, I definitely see guys like Kojima and Nagata getting sort of quietly phased out and sent to other promotions. And yeah, it does look like changes are afoot in New Japan. It uh, feels like it. Let's bring up some. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. good. No, I was going to say, I mean, I know we're going to get there, but you know, you take a look at that Wrestle Kingdom card. I mean, that, if that doesn't tell you something that, that times are changing, then I don't know what else can. And the, with Suzuki Goon splitting and 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 we'll just call it retiring that faction, yeah, times are a changing. Yes, and the biggest change that we've got to talk about first is the fact that at Wrestle Kingdom seventeen, January fourth in the Tokyo Dome, cheering will be allowed. Finally, finally, there are some caveats to that. There's loopholes about sustained loud chanting that's going to go on for more than two minutes. There's a special <laughs> section for that. But, Somebody's going to have a timer? The <laughs> <laughs> well, even it's like the, the pandemic, rumble he... clock? <laughs> <laughs> Stop! No, <laughs> enough. But my point was, even before the pandemic, that no one ever really did that. I mean, unless you're singing the whole lyrics of an entire entrance theme. You know, we're not going to get a, a Japanese crowd singing along for the entirety of Judas, for example. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. So I suppose people are worrying, have the Japanese crowds been conditioned to clapping so much that they've forgotten how to cheer, which I don't think is fair. I mean, I think if the show's good enough, people are going to cheer. And I think being optimistic, I think it will get back to how it was quicker than people would think. I'm, I'm sort of bullish about this. I'm optimistic that things are going to get back to normal. And it's just a, a great moment for us personally, David, you know, covering this promotion through the dark days of these clap crowds for the last few years. It's been fucking hard work. And there have been shows we've watched with, you know, where we've been sitting watching thinking, what, what are we doing? What is this? This is a, a shadow of the thing that we used to love. And it, it was a real grind continuing to cover it. And I'm glad that we did. And, you know, we, the, the light is there at the end of the tunnel. And we've made it through. Yeah. It does feel good, and I know it's it might seem overly sentimental, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's I think for everyone, I think everyone that that wakes up and watches these shows, I think everyone that just continued to follow the promotion when let's be honest here, it, some of the times it was pretty tough. Um, you could you'd have a laundry list of things you'd rather be doing than watching a clap crowd show or a half empty show or a completely empty show. Um, yes. So, and here's the thing too. I will say this, that even though like, okay, there's those caveats that you talked about, you know, I'm telling you what, if, if a match is great, I can see people kind of 
uh, bending some rules a little bit. You know what I mean? Like they're going to cheer. If, you, if, if other people are cheering and you're going to tell me that I'm not cheering, I'm cheering. <laughs> you know what I mean? What are you going to do? Arrest me? Uh, yeah, they probably would. Uh, I guess my point is this, is that uh, for the first time, I feel like mob mentality is is appropriate. If, if they're cheering, cheer. Just fucking cheer. Who cares? Do it. Um, but I'm glad that they have, uh, they have that. I, and, and here's the thing too. There are people that are, are traveling for this show. Uh, there are people that are going to this show. Um, and I feel good for them in the sense that, you know, I would hate to have somebody to go over there, especially somebody who's not accustomed to it. You know what I mean? Like, like to go, to go over from England or go over from Spain or go over from, from the United States or Canada. Um, and the, like, okay, now I can't, you know, I know it seems somewhat selfish, you know, but I don't know. It feels, it feels good. And it will feel good when they, when you hear it and you feel it and, you know, it's, you're watching that dome show and, and, and you're into it along with them. So yes, good times are ahead. Good times are ahead. One, two, three says, looking back at YouTube last year, where there were small crowds, not a lot of foreigners. Did you ever think we would get to times like this where things seem to be great again? I mean, we're not back. We're not back to you know the peak of how things were in the sort of 2018, 2019 era. And I don't know if we'll get there. I mean, I, I feel a number of factors, not least AEW, just basically gobbling up most of New Japan's Western market share means I, I'm you know skeptical whether or not they will get back to those great heights. But I think they'll get close. I think this is the start. I mean, look, if you're going to put on a match or you're going to put on a show that a Western audience is going to be able to sink their teeth into this, this is, we got, we got some matches that people that can, can again, sink their teeth into um, and are excited for, and there's a buzz about. So um, this is a good start. I'll take this any day of the week, um, it, and, and it helps. It'll help. Again, we, New Japan does. I feel like they do a good job of riding momentum. And there are times where they're very frustrating um, because you think that they gained momentum and then they take two two steps back. Uh, I think this Wrestle Kingdom show is is a step in the right direction for sure for a Western. Yeah, fan I mean, they don't have. Right, they know how important it is, and having a match like Osprey versus Omega, it's the perfect opportunity for lapsed Western fans to look at this card and see the cheering's back and see a co-main event like that and think, you know what, I'm going to give them another try. And then if it hooks them, then that and New Year Dash, I think are going to be absolutely critical in defining how the rest of the year is going to go for New Japan. If they put their best foot forward and put on a killer Wrestle Kingdom show and an exciting New Year Dash with lots of, you know, fresh faces and, and exciting storylines and angles, then that will set them up really nicely to try and claw back some of that interest. Absolutely. So yeah. This is huge. I mean, I can't overstate how important this Wrestle Kingdom is. Uh, I, th- I mean, a thousand percent. It's, it's, it's critical. It, it, this, this is a very important show for many reasons and not the least of which being, Getting that Western audience that may have fallen off re-engaged. Now, 
the 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 difficult thing is I'm not worried about Will Ospreay and, and Kenny Omega putting on a a, a a a banger of a match. Not worried about that at all. It's it's again keeping the momentum that they build, um, carry it over to New Year's Dash. What does that mean? Well, to me, that means we need an angle. We need something to occur to say, okay, we need to tune in, to, you know, tomorrow for Dash, and then Dash. Like we gotta keep that momentum. But that's a, that's the only thing that I have concerns with is keeping that momentum. We just can't have a match, and then that be it. Right, yeah. and that's what New Japan has been the last three yes. years, a, a promotion that you parachute in for a big match and then you, you dip out again, you don't come back for six months. A thousand percent. There has to be a reason for people to tune in again and to be excited and to get buzz and to get, like, the match will do it, no doubt, right? The match is going to bring people in that have not tuned in in quite a long time. And for all the knocks people give on Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega is making that happen. Um, and I got no problem with it. Well, you know, none. Uh, that being said, it can't just be great match and then we're done. Now, I will say this, though. Kenny and Okada was a match that, and I, maybe times are different. Maybe the world has changed. But that match alone, and again, the feud, the the build, the the chase for Kenny with the title, all of that aside, because I think that does play a little bit of a factor. But that that match at the dome, that Meltzer was, I think that was the first time he did the six stars thing or whatever the fuck. Uh, that created such a such a a buzz that that one match brought so many people in for the ride. For New Japan. Now, again, to me, those are casual New Japan fans. They're important, but they're casual New, New Japan fans. I mean, look, we we were there through the tough times. So is if that's gatekeeping, that's gatekeeping. That being said, I welcome as many people to to get involved and and get back on. They need to continue the the pace, though. They can't just let it sit with one match being great, even though they did do it before. I don't know if we can do that again. I'm not welcoming people back. I'm, I'm firmly keeping the gates locked. I'm only <laughs> allowing people to return once they've answered a quiz about the lineage of the never six-man titles over the last three years. Perfect. Just to prove that they're proper fans. I, I would feel that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the card then. So again, I'm not going to go too in-depth with it. I'm going to use the card to sort of piggyback other talking points. Okay. We will have our full Wrestle Kingdom preview show next week. But Hopefully. I'd just like to have quick thoughts on the show and the matches as we go through them. So first, we have three dark matches. So pre-show, the opening match one with a three-minute limit exhibition matches. Ryohei Oiwa against the debuting... Oleg Bolton, or Bolton Oleg, as he looks like he's going by now. So this is a guy who is a Kazakh amateur wrestler. He finished fifth at the Worlds in September at 125 kilograms in freestyle after losing to an Olympic silver medalist. Uh, he had an injured knee at the time, actually. So very, very hot prospect, Oleg Bolton. Very excited to see this guy in action. Yeah, I mean, that's we're talking about legit pro, or I mean, you know, and they put in here with pro wrestler. Um 
Yeah. From what I understand, this dude is a beast. <laughs> like, like he he's going to throw some kids around. That's for sure. Uh, and we'll see. You know, maybe maybe he doesn't make a huge, flashy, impactful uh, start because New Japan likes to take their fucking time. But uh, well, you say that, David. But I mean, there's this new directive from Ushiro that they announced that they're meeting that they really go to try to accelerate the process of these young guys coming back. And uh, Oleg is, he's 29, you know, he's not a, a kid by any means, but right. he looks like a beast. I mean, he looks like the sort of guy who's you know, grown up in the mountains wrestling bears. <laughs> so he is a guy that I would, I want to see in action as soon as possible. I want him to see in the singlet, suplexing people out of their fucking boots. That's what I want from Oleg Bolton. Don't, necessarily think we're going to see that in a three-minute exhibition match, but uh, excited to see him in the ring nonetheless. Yeah, let's start somewhere, right? And it's a big show. That's a that's a, that's a, that's a hell of a de- debut. So, uh, yeah, that's to me, that's very exciting. I'm, I'm digging that. All right, so opening match two is the KOPW 2023, right to challenge New Japan Rambo. So the KOPW 2022, as I mentioned earlier, will be concluded. It is uh, this Monday, December 19th at Takataichi Mania. So that will be Shigo versus Taichi. I'm just checking what the stipulation is. I think it's a, a lumberjack with Texas deathmatch pinfall. So you've got to pin your opponent, then keep them down for 10 count. Something like that. Okay. But, um, so we don't know who is going to come in. I mean, of course, the KOPW is retired or vacated at the end of each year. So whoever wins that will be the 2022 champ. And then the 2023 provisional champ will be opened up with this Rambo. And this could be a really good one because there's a lot of names who are not on the main card of Wrestle Kingdom. We're looking at you know, guys like you know, Shingo Taichi, as I mentioned, Kenta, Ishii, Great Okan, Jeff Cobb, Evil, El Fantasmo, mm-hmm. you know, even the guys who came to the G1, like Jonah, Tom Lawler. So I do want to give New Japan praise for not just try to crowbar everyone onto the main card with a bunch of multi-man matches. So whilst there are some people on the main card that I don't really want to see on the main cards, Thank I you. respect the fact that they've you know made decisions and think, no, these are the guys we want to showcase. The rest of you, sorry, you're going to the Rambo. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit more, dare I say, disappointed that, there are a ton of people that I would much rather see in a tag singles match, what have you, uh, a little bit more prominent role than it, than the rumble. Um, and again, I'm card is subject to change, right? We all know that, but the, the way it looks right now that there is, there are a ton of guys that you would think would have a spot on the main show and not in the rumble. Um, and they have given spots to guys that, uh, leave me scratching my head. So, uh, while talent will be a plenty in the rumble, um, I think there are going to be a lot more questions than answers of why would you have a lot of these guys in there when they can really help, strengthen your main card. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree. There were guys out of those lists. I've put that. I would rather see on the main card, but again, 
I respect the fact that this is not just right. Everyone gets to be on the main card. They've got their guys. These are the people we, we want to highlight this year. The, the rest of you, sorry, bad luck. Try again next year. Uh, I mean, we do have an interesting question from Vishal. He said, what's the best Wrestle Kingdom caliber match you could come up with using the talent left off the Wrestle Kingdom 17 card? So he's given an example here. Aussie Open and Carl of the Cobb and Hanare against Kenta, El Fantasma and House of Torture. Great. I mean, honestly, you could you could pair together any two of these guys. Like I said, you know, Shingo, Kenta, Taichi, Ishii, Okan, Cobb, El Fantasma, Jonah. Like, just pick any two of them. And I think that will be a, a quality match. So, um yeah, I can't do better than that one you've mentioned, Vishal. That's a that's a nice one. That is a nice one. And and here's the thing too. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's my naivete. Is that the word? Um, these are guys that we're talking about that have been through the mud with us. You know, we talked about those bad times. A lot of these guys are those guys, and the fact that they're not on the main show. I don't know. And there are guys that are just flying in and <laughs> taking spots. <laughs> I don't know. Just uh, the more I think about it, the, the kind of more distressed I get about it. Like, again, Ishii, Shingo, ELP. Um, I mean, these are all people that have been through the mud. Uh, here's another question. And maybe I missed it. Maybe I. Maybe I'm. Um, where's Robbie Eagles? That is a good question. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're gonna leave Robbie Eagles off the fucking show? I mean, I'm yeah, assuming. I, Rumble, I take your but... point. It's a bit, bit of a kick in the teeth to a lot of these guys who've kind of held down the fort through the dark days. You think? Yeah. You know, it's like I don't know. It, it that that bothers me a little bit. That bob that bothers me a little bit because those guys. I mean, even guys like on like how uh, are we getting a lot of strong representation? What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network, and I just want to let you know about a brand new sponsor we have for the network. It's Eufy, and let me tell you a little bit about their newest product, the Eufy Video Smart E. 330. This isn't your everyday smart lock. This is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell offering triple the security and triple the convenience. Instead of loading up your door with a bunch of different devices, you install one and it takes care of everything in a complete package. It's not just about the home security though. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is also for convenience. No more worrying about losing keys. You can let each member of your family get a password. You can monitor their movement in and out of the house. You can keep an eye on your packages. You can check in on your house while you're away. There is so much you can do with this product. Best of all, it is easy to install and set up. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. Leave that drill in the toolbox. The Eufy has keyless entry, a 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, a rechargeable battery with a four month lifespan, two way audio from the lock, enhanced night vision, 24 seven customer support. And you'll love this. None of those pesky monthly fees. Eufy sent me a smart lock 330 and I've loved it so far. It allows me peace of mind when I'm at work or when I'm away on one of my patented vacations. Plus it helps me keep track of deliveries to the house, saves me a trip back to the car. If I just need to run in for something and I forgot my keys and the two way audio system works well for those unwanted guests at my front door. No, I do not need new siding or windows or a roof. 
Thank you, though. You can simply tell them you aren't interested from the comfort of your couch. Now, are you ready to ditch the others and join the Eufy revolution? Of course you are. Get started today by searching Eufy Video Lock on your search engine of choice. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can finally, once and for all, gain complete control of your door. Once again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock ufeofficial.com slash video lock and we thank them for sponsoring the voice wrestling podcast network bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Where's that? Well, from what I've heard, the directive is to try and keep strong as separate as possible from the Japan roster. I mean, I don't know if that is legit or not, but apparently they want it to be two distinct entities without much overlap. Your champion, your strong world champion, I don't know what the fuck, is not going to defend his title on on that show. Come on. No, I mean, the, the way that they've booked it so far, it seems that that strong overweight title is only going to be defended on US-based shows. Because you know, if they wanted Fred Rosser on this show, they could have had him. Yeah. But that's doesn't seem like what they want to do. Okay. Well, that's my point. Like, those type of decisions bother me. Like, I don't know. I just, like, you couldn't. How much would do you think it would mean to him to defend that title on that fucking Dome show in a six-minute match? Or a ten minute match. Yeah, I mean, we've I already know. got on the main card. In the main card, we've got nine matches, and if I'm not mistaken, eight of them are title matches. So, you know, if we start trying to get everyone on there, all right. I mean, I, I, I get start it. Start taking time away from people. I mean, like, there's there's only know. one match really on this main card that I would happily swap for a Fred Ross a strong title defense, but uh, we all know what that is. We, yeah, we're right. going to save our energy for that one. Okay. Uh, okay. So the third match from the pre-show is going to be a Antonio Inoki Memorial six-man tag match. So that'll be Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima, Togi Makabe against Tiger Mask, Minoru Suzuki, and Tatsumi Fujinami. So 
all the dads getting involved there. Uh, also worth pointing out here that the Flying Tigers team of Robbie Eagles and Tiger Mask is no more. They've decided to go their separate ways, which is very sad. But there we go. We're going to see uh, these uh, six old dudes mix it up. And I'm sure that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, nostalgia. You know, we're, we're, we're all these guys. Uh, I mean, Fujinami. My God, how how important was he during the 80s? with an Oki and being kind of like the understudy and you know you, you got Tiger Mask in there and obviously it's not Sayama um, but you know to have that part of New Japan's history involved in the match and yeah I think it, I mean it's a, it's going to be a feel good match and a nostalgia checkbox so uh, I'm actually kind of into that I think that I think they'll do that justice so onto the main card there, the first match. This is the, the perfect opening match for Wrestle Kingdom, exactly what I want to see. IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match. So the challengers, the winners of Super Junior Tag League, Leo Rush and Yo, challenging the champions, the team of Francesco Akira and TJP, catch 2-2. Now, the four of these guys had what I thought was by far and away the best match on the tour itself out of Super Junior Tag League or World Tag League. So I'm really excited for them to have another bite of the cherry here. Uh, the final where Leo Rush and Yo beat Chris Bay and Ace Austin, it was fine. I didn't love it. I don't think it was even in the top five matches that I saw from the Super Junior Tag League. There's just something about the Ace Austin and Chris Bay team didn't quite land with me. They, I don't find them that exciting when they were doing their control periods. And I know Ace Austin is great. He was great during Best of the Super Juniors. So whilst I'm tempted to point the finger at Chris Bay, I mean, it just could be a question of synergy chemistry yeah. i don't know but that it didn't quite land for me and i thought the first half of the that final was a bit disappointing but i've every faith that this will not be as i said they've already wrestled each other and it was fucking great and at the tokyo dome hopefully it's as good i mean they how much time are they gonna get they don't need more than about 15 minutes i mean they could probably put in a, a killer match at around 12 i'm just really excited about this one and i want to throw some Flowers. Well, first of all, to New Japan for not making it a multi-team affair because yes. I predicted I thought it was going to be four-way. I thought they're going to want to get a load of guys onto this show, but they didn't. They're like, these are our two top teams. This is what we're going for, and I respect that, and I think it's the right choice. And I want to give some praise to Leo Rush because he's been tremendous. I think he's been one of the best guys on that tour, and people give him a lot of stick about you know, oh, he's, he's retires all the time, he's unreliable. But every time he set foot in the New Japan ring, whether it has been on empty arena strong shows or whether it's been super junior tackling shows in the middle of nowhere he always gives a hundred percent and he's ejected new life into yo i really hope he sticks around with new japan for a long time because i think he's killing it and he's exactly the kind of you know fresh blood that we want to see in the new japan junior division i think he's been great i i can't agree with you more like and i don't want this to be a circle jerk but yes uh a thousand percent um and just what you said he made Yo interesting. He he gave him legitimately something to make interesting, <laughs> right? Uh, a guy that we truly thought was just dead in the water. And yet, here we go. Here we are. Uh, I think this match will be fucking amazing. I, I, like, yes, this is, <laughs> you know... It, all of these guys are going to want to outdo each other in the ring. Um, and it'll be nuts. 
and it'll be crazy. And yes, you know, if you're sleepy on the East Coast at, you know, three o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the morning, whatever fucking time the show starts, trust me that this will wake you up. You won't need the Red Bull. You won't need the coffee. This will wake you up. So, yep, great way to start. And yes, Lee Rush has been that. I don't want to say breath of fresh air to repeat it, but breath of fresh air. Like he just found a way to make maybe the most dull, boring, uninteresting, who gives a shit guy on the roster, new life. And And at the tournament, at the division, like the way he he speaks and the way he carries himself, like it's death or glory for him. Like it means the world to him that he wins this Super Junior Tag League tournament, which, you know, for the past few years, it's been like, oh, okay, Rapoki 3KF1 again, great. Whereas he's out there and he's, you know, standing in the ring at the end of the show talking about how much it means to him and, and you believe it, it sounds real. And that, you know, the fact that he cares makes us care. Yep. Authenticity. Yep, absolutely. Um, I know it's hard to say, but boy, and I'm sure there's other circumstances that, that will either make or break this statement, but boy, man, if you're going to lock up a, a junior, that, that that's that's one I would love to keep on a roster for a, a decent amount of time. That's one guy I would love to have around for a long time. Yeah, I'd co-sign on that. All right, second match then is the IWGP Women's Championship match. So the champion Kyrie will be defending against the challenger Tam Nakano. So again, we we are not the experts on stardom, but I saw enough from these two wrestlers during historic crossover to be excited for this. I mean, maybe some complaints about the placement. I thought it would be a lot higher up on the card. So hopefully they're given enough time to to do their work and put on a good showcase and equip themselves well. And I'm sure they will. And I suppose the interesting question mark hanging over this one is about Sasha Banks or yeah. Mercedes Vanado. So Mark says, does... Welkie deserve a spot in the Super J-Cast Hall of Fame for his Sasha prediction. Uh, Michael CC says, is Sasha Banks not joining Suzuki? The biggest disappointment of wrestling history. So, yeah, let's throw fouls at Velt for getting that prediction spot Absolutely. off. So the rumors are, are saying that uh, Sasha Banks or Mercedes Bernardo will be there. She's not wrestling, but she will be in attendance. So you would have to think that would mean she will come and challenge the winner of this match. And I don't know if she is going to be wrestling for stardom full-time or if it's just going to be wrestling the big New Japan shows where this IWGP Women's Championship will be defended. Maybe a bit of both. Who knows? But I think that's a, a tremendous investment. If you want to get again get more casual eyeballs on the product, maybe pick up some of those lapsed WWE fans who are getting turned off the current product. I think uh, Mercedes Bernardo is a, a perfect way to do that. And it's, it's a no-brainer to book what I assume will be her against Kyrie for a future show. You know, maybe that'll be the, was it the Battle in the Valley show coming up uh, in the States early next year? But yeah, that, that, that's got to be a slam dunk, surely. And that could headline. You know what? That could headline. You know, I was sitting here throwing flowers at Kenny Omega, you know, and, and, and terrible job by me because she deserves just as many flowers, it feels like. Um, the buzz and the, and the, and the excitement and the fact that people are 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 kind of wondering how this is all going to play out is also super important for a Western audience. Um, honestly, you know, I don't know if Twitter is the right barometer to use, but you know, I can't think of another person aside from Kenny <laughs> that that generates enough as as much interest. 
Um, and, and and as many passionate fans, um, I think it's an unbelievable moment for New Japan to be able to capitalize on that. Uh, again, we need to keep the momentum. We need to keep that going. And I think you know she's not wrestling. That's definite. But you know, being involved in an angle, being involved in a challenge, being involved in something. And you know Kevin Kelly's going to get that over like a motherfucker, you know, and and it'll be it, it'll be a moment that will be shared online. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully those copyright strikes, you know, we'll, we'll <laughs> hopefully we'll you know we'll, we'll we won't have problems with copyright infringement because guess what, New Japan, that fucking shit's going to get shared everywhere. And that's what you need and want. So uh, get the goons to have them uh, pipe down, you know, search, searching the internet for, for videos and gifts. Relax. Hold off on the trigger button there, pal. Just fucking hold off because that will be shared and buzz will be generated if dopes don't get involved. The third match will be the IWGP Tag Team Championship match. So the challengers, the winner of the World Tag League, Bishamon, Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto will take on the champions, FTR Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood in their third defense. So I suppose it's a good time to talk about the World Tag League final where mm-hmm. Bishamon defeated Aussie Open in what was quite a surprise. I mean, everyone, myself included, thought Aussie Open were shooing for that. I thought it was a really, really good final. I like what they did. I thought that the you know the table spots added a bit of spice to it, and I just really like the the dynamism and the the, the passion, the the fiery intensity of Bishamon, who are a team that I think we overlooked. I certainly overlooked. I was sort of hand waving them when we were looking at potential winners, and I forgot how good they are. They're a really good tag team, and they've been really solid this year. No, not solid. Solid is unfair. They've been very good this year. Every time they've been put in a big spot, they've delivered. So whilst the winners are a surprise, and I know a lot of Western fans are upset about this, and I saw a lot of angry responses saying, you know, why are they not doing FTR Aussie Open again? But I think it's important to acknowledge that, I mean, to my understanding, the Japanese fans do like Bishamon. Uh, they responded to the world. They get good crowd reactions. So, you know, this is not a wrestle team that is booked exclusively for the, the palette of the Western casual fans. So, I think you can save that rematch for another show. You know, Aussie Open versus FTR, I think, is a big money match now that they did so well at Royal Quest. So that's something that I think can draw a big number abroad, whether you do that in the States or in uh, in the UK or maybe even Australia, who knows? But I think that's something you can save. I think burning it at the Tokyo Dome would have been a mistake. So I actually support the decision to go with Bishamon instead of Aussie Open here for this match. Uh, and I do want to throw some flowers at Aussie Open. I thought they were tremendous during the World Tag League. And in particular, Mark Davis, his post-match promo after they lost the final was brilliant. It, it, he tapped into some real emotions and some you know real shit that had been going on in his life. So if you haven't checked it out, definitely watch that because that's the, the perfect kind of pro wrestling promo where it mixes together the real world stories and you know the wrestling storylines and hits that sweet spot where as you mentioned it's that authenticity so you know top marks to mark davis for that promo uh daryl says i'm sure you'll talk about it but goto and yoshihashi again i don't give a fuck how high these guys are on the dad scale i'm disappointed 
This was an opportunity lost. Uh, Frank says, do you think FTR retain and spend more time in Japan? Or will Bishamon bring the belts back to be defended more often? In a perfect world, FTR is in Japan more. But that isn't likely. New Japan really need a more robust tag division on the regular, so I'm hoping for Bishamon. So, David, your thoughts on the World Tag League final and this match? Off you go, mate. Uh, I'm in camp disappointment. Um, While I do agree with the fact that Yoshihashi and Goto are a perfectly fine, better than average tag team. The idea of your biggest show of the year, where you know eyeballs are going to be, uh, and not having that match uh, with Aussie Open and FTR, uh, does feel like a missed opportunity. Now, with that being said, We'll have a tag match where I think everyone, I would be shocked if FTR walk out of there with the titles. I would be shocked. So now we're looking at a potential rematch. Why? We're just going to bring in FTR and have them against Aussie Open for what reason? I mean, maybe one of those. But there's plenty of time for Aussie Open to get their win back over Bishamon in Japan. Sure. And go into the FTR rematch as the champions. Okay, fine. I mean, we, we have to get to that point. And I'm not saying that won't happen, but we have to get to that point. And we're going to use it on another show. And hopefully, you know, the same amount of eyeballs will be on that as well. Um, I don't know. Look, uh, I, I look at this card. And yes, maybe it is me and the idea of having this epic tag match on a dome show that a lot of people are going to be watching as opposed to Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto. I, I'm sorry. I would, I, would rather ha- I would rather have Aussie Open and FTR on a dome show. You're and fucking here's- racist, David. Why, why, why are you so against not. having Japanese guys? I am not. Oh, sorry, you Japan pro wrestling. Oh. You just want the whole card filled with white guys. <laughs> oh, come on. Um, look, uh, I think you strike while the iron's hot. If we haven't learned anything from the past couple of years is you strike when the iron is hot. Do the match. Who cares? Do the match. It'll be a great match. And yeah, and I'm not saying that 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 Goto and, and, and Yoshihashi won't have a great match. I'm not saying that at all. But you go down this fucking car. Like, again, there's I, I hate to keep beating a dead horse, but I look at the fucking rumble and I'm like, okay, I'd rather have fucking, I don't know, <laughs> something else. Somebody else in that rumble in the in this. I don't know. Look. <sighs> It's I'm I would rather I, I'm I'm repeating myself. You you know what I think. That's that. Well, okay, let me sell it to you this way. So we know FTR like to have these big epic main event grudge match style classics, you know, these mm-hmm. sort of thirty minute things that they'll be doing with you know, guys like Young Bucks or Briscoes, whatever, I mean. where there's loads of blood and, and gimmicks and weapons and you know, they're kicking out of each other's finishers and all this this melodrama. So how excited are you? at the likelihood of, you know, Dax Harwood, who's building his wrestling year case, 
tapping out to the butterfly lock after a completely heatless functional nine minute match. Right. <laughs> I mean, imagining the backstage, you. you know, trying to trying to lay it out with uh, Vishwa saying, uh, you know, okay, and then we'll get the chairs out and you could, you know, throw me through a ladder. Uh, and then a smash Dax through, you know, four tables stacked on top of each other. <laughs> got to Yoshihashi, just sort of staring at the black cleave, like, <laughs> right. uh, how about we do the sushi zabai pose, uh, Shotokai GTR finish? Okay, let's go home. Right, that's exactly what <laughs> we're, we're asking Mari Asami if you'll blade for them. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're right. And and you know what? Let's be honest here too. It probably wouldn't get the time that it would need not not that it would need but that you would want right so that that's one thing where i would be like okay let's give it you know it's yoshiashi and, and goto um i don't know it could have been worse David. it could have been good brothers wrestling oh this god match, yes so yes thankful for small mercies uh, <laughs> all right uh, the fourth match then this is a 15 minute time limit the new japan njpw world tv championship tournament final red narrator versus zach saber jr i mean we've talked about a ton about this tournament this title uh red narrator on previous shows I- i'm tremendously excited for this match i think it's going to be something that has the potential to steal the show i mean co-main event notwithstanding for this one, I mean, the winner, I will, I will save my picks for when we do our full preview show. I'm leaning towards Ren, but I just think it's really exciting for a guy like Ren Nari to, to be having uh, what I think is a, a pretty big singles match on this card where a lot of other more experienced, more prominent wrestlers have not made the cut, which is you know proof of concept of this push that they're doing for the younger guys and trying to accelerate their progress. So this one, I'm circling as one of my most anticipated matches. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And uh, like I said, the times are changing and this is, this is proof of that. This is what we've been talking about. Um, yep. This is a, this is a nice bright light, nice big spotlight. Um, and yeah, even if he doesn't win the title, I think his performance and they'll make him look strong. Um, and, and here's the thing too, you're guaranteed you know, you're guaranteed something new, whether it's Zach with a singles title or Ren, you know, getting his big win. Either way, I'm excited for it. So, yeah, I think this will be that this will roll. So by this point in the show, you've had a couple of strong zeros. Your blood is getting full. That means it's time for the fifth match. The never Openweight Championship match, Tamatonga versus the champion, the machine gun, Carl Addison. So uh, Daryl says, pardon my vulgarity, but how the fuck did Carl Addison get a singles match at Wrestle Kingdom 17? His last outing, Mofale looked like a young Sayama. Uh, Bash says, bright lights for like, uh, bright lights for like shite all the time. Am I right? Um, oh my goodness. Damon, that excuse for a wrestling match with Hikuleo at the finals was just the most horrific, my least favorite match of the year by far. And it wasn't, you know, there was no botches or anything, but it was just offensively bland. It was just Carl Anderson at his absolute worst, just sleepwalking through it, just a lazy walk and brawl. And then he was sitting in rest holds for the rest of it. I think he took about two bumps. And that's being generous. Made Hikolo look like dog shit. And I know this is part of his gimmick, and I, I tweeted about this, and he clicked like on my tweet, which I found extremely gratifying. <laughs> I was glad that he read every he single word of mine. Yeah, he did. Did you tag him? I don't him? know if that's... No, 
So he vanity searched himself. Yep. Oh. So he could eat shit. And I'm glad he saw that. And him liking it, you know, is this little, oh, I see you. Oh, good. Glad you read it. And this is not adding to your gimmick. You know, this you should be ashamed of yourself for doing that. But to be honest, David, I, I'm not even angry at Carl Anderson because this is what he does. We all knew he was going to do this. We all knew he was going to win the match. I mean, uh, Carl Anderson versus Tabatonga at Wrestle Kingdom, that's, that's been the destination from the start, from the second Tabatonga lost the belt to him. So Carl Anderson does Carl Anderson things. We can't get annoyed at him. You can't get annoyed at a baby for shitting it snappy. That's what they do. I'm annoyed at New Japan here for allowing this to happen. And making Hikolo look like that. And, you know, I'm sorry, I know that's his whole gimmick, bright lights, blah, 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 all that bullshit. I like to see good wrestlers uh, trying hard to entertain fans and put on a good product. And, you know, you may think that's incongruous with my love for the House of Torture, but to me, these are two very, very different things. To me, Carl Anderson showed utter contempt for the promotion, for the title, for his opponents, and for the fans. And, I hope he, he he just fucks right off out of this company after this. You know, I was going to save it for when we do the Wrestle Kingdom full preview. But, yeah, uh, like the idea that, oh, he's he's a working man's worker. And, you know, he's, you know, doing, you know, the, the best of pro, you know, smart pro wrestling. Stop it. What is this? Nineteen seventy-seven. It's 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 unbelievable, and I don't know what, why, how New Japan thinks this is a great idea. Um, well, we we know we know why this has happened. Do I don't it? need to point fingers, but you know who's responsible. No, I know who's responsible. Yeah. The fans do. So I'm, I'm not going to say it. But I know. You, you know. You can figure it out. It's not hard. Yeah. Uh, and okay, fine. But I don't know. Like, it's disappointing. It's fucking embarrassing. It's the whole situation has just been a total fucking joke. Um, I get it. It's pro wrestling. I get it. But. I hate to sound like a fucking, <laughs> this is my world, but like the fact that we're having to, to have this conversation and in this day and age, it's fucking preposterous. What? Look, play devil's advocate. Could you, could you tell me one good thing that's no. come out of this Carl Addison run? Like, Okay, so you could make you could give me the excuse of well he draws and he makes the company a ton of money. No one is buying a ticket to see Carl Anderson. No one. Uh, he is not drawing any money. He is not. <laughs> he's involved in shows that make money, but trust me, he's not the reason why a show is making money. To be very clear, I I just with with the amount of once again let's go back to the fucking rumble, the amount of talent that is on that show that literally have nothing to do except run in, run out when their time is done, is embarrassing. When 
in a match that should be important, but it's not. And how about Tamatanga? You think Tamatanga is looking forward to this? Now, I know that they're probably buddies from back in the day in the dojo, and they probably are all, you know, having a little laugh behind the curtain. But do you think he was really looking forward to this? Like, do you think he's going to shine in this? I hope so, but I, I have. Right. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm hoping that Carl Anderson shows more respect to Tabatonga than he did for Hikuleo. Because what the way he treated Hikuleo in that match was a fucking insult. And I'm not saying Hikuleo is any, you know, kind of super prospect, but I've enjoyed his work this year and he deserved better than that. I agree. So if I were Tabatonga, I would be watching that thinking, you know, what the fuck? You know, you just absolutely clowned in there. So, you know, maybe Carl Anderson will have his working boots on and will put on a, you know, a, an absolute epic and make Tabatonga look incredible. But I, I believe that when I see it. Okay. And, and here's the thing, though. Uh, if it does happen, we would have no problem throwing the flowers. Absolutely no problem whatsoever. And be like, yep, he showed up. He did well or great, whatever. I, I just don't, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. And again, everybody, you're right. The bladder is going to be full. We're going to have, uh, you know, maybe get a sandwich, maybe get a, a a cold, frosty beverage. That's the time. Like, I, I really feel like, and I hate this for Tomatonga too, but I'm um, like, I don't want to say we should all be protesting because there's no way to fucking log it. You know, there's no way to be like, oh, they're away from their TV, but just fucking, I don't even want, I'm not, I am, A, I am not at all interested in the match. Zero. To the point where I don't care. Like, I'm going to, I'm not going to probably watch the match. Who cares? Who, who, why we, you know what I mean? No one makes me even, we're talking about this fucking clown. You know what I mean? Jeez. Whatever. He Look, uh, yay. Cash your paycheck. Cash your paycheck. Daryl says, what's your take on the Fed simps thinking this means that there is now a working relationship? <laughs> Jay White will be shown up with Rumble. Uh, probably probably to be tossed out by quote-unquote theory. I mean, they, there's a good chance Jay White does appear at the Royal Rumble, but it's not because of a working relationship between these two companies. Uh, but yeah, no, I would not hold your breath for uh, the the third whatever it is forbidden door to be open between New Japan and WWE. This is not what's happening. I cannot. Uh, I would be there. There. Uh, no. I just. I, I, I. No, it's not happening. Watch it happen. Uh, okay. Number so- <laughs> thirteen. Who's this? He doesn't even wrestle here. It's Jason. Um- Flick knife. From- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Elliot says, in order of Rashid Gunker, what's the job you had where you phoned it in and did the least amount of work for the most money? This podcast. Selling cable TV. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> we get money for this? No. Well, come on. Uh, Elliot says, mine was selling cable TV door to door. Never sold a single cable package. Only worked a few days. Got a paycheck for two months before being angrily fired. I mean, the, the state I turned up at, at work yesterday when I was extremely hungover from our work Christmas party. Yeah. <laughs> I was just sitting at my desk trying not to vomit, <laughs> putting on Home Alone for the kids. That's That, that was a Carl Anderson special right there. I, uh, there was a one year, I, yeah, I had a, uh, I forget what it was, but it, somebody's birthday maybe. And you know, they took off, so it was like, you know, go to the bar, Damon. I was like, all right, you know, you don't have to ask me twice. Um, and it was like in the middle of the day, like a little lunchtime. All right, I'm going to get some lunch. 
have a beer or two and then get back. Dude, I drank so much. I got back. I missed a meeting. <laughs> I missed a phone call. And they're like, where are you? Where? Like, I, I have all these text messages. Where are you? I was fucking sleeping on my couch. <laughs> Fuck it. Oh. The rest of Cuban 14 special. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, seriously, it really was. Uh, yeah, so that, probably a couple of years. What was I doing then? I was, um, I, I, the same thing, but uh, just for a different company. Yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yep. yep. All right, Sixth match then is uh, Keiji Muto's last match in New Japan. So Shota Umino, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Keiji Muto against Bushi, Sanada, and Tetsuya Naito. So this doesn't have me sort of scratching my head at that Yokohama show they've got coming up because I had assumed that was going to be Muto related. Now, of course, we can't rule out the possibility if that is some sort of cross-promotional New Japan Noah gimmick show, then this would technically be his last oh. New Japan match and that the Yokohama match would oh. be... Uh, a cross brandish, you know, Muto is exactly the sort of grifter who would, you know, try and milk it. Muto's last fight. match with blue tights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the it's last, last time he always wears blue. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, hopefully this match is a vehicle to put over show to Umino. He should be the guy picking up the fall. But you know, you never know when Keiji Muto is involved. Uh, but I suppose this is also a good opportunity to talk about Tetsuya Naito. Getting into the Wrestling Observer News Hall of Fame. Thanks Yay. to me and us. Yay. Finally, we don't have to do the fucking discourse next year because like, every time I saw a ballot with someone voting in Japan that didn't include Naito, uh, my blood pressure raised several points. So, you know, I'm not going to do the whole rant. If you want to hear some good gloating, then you can listen to Wrestling Omakase because John Carroll uh, did a tremendous segment on that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point, if you are... A voter and you voted in Japan and you haven't voted for Naito, you are telling on yourself. You are exposing your whole ass, as the kids would say. So he's in, he deserves to go in, and thank fuck we don't have to talk about it anymore. I saw some uh, of those so, ballots. Yeah. Oh, but I saw someone who was I was like, what the fuck are some of these people? Absolute state of them. I mean, how do you get a ballot? Uh, you just ask? I know. How do we get a ballot? <laughs> I, well, good point. Uh, David Bentley Fart says, what should we make of Naito and Tadahashi not having singles matches? Is it just a booking oversight or is 2023 the year their transition from being top guys? Uh, Multiverse A says, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, who do you think comes out of Wrestle Kingdom looking like a bigger star, Ren or Shota? Uh, and he also asked, what was more painful, Carl Anderson's effort or Harry Kane missing the penalty? Ooh. Oh, wait, that hurt. That was the, uh, that was upset because we played so well and we tried really hard and I thought we, we gave a good account of ourselves and I wasn't expecting us to beat France. What I wanted was basically to give a good account of ourselves and have an entertaining match and give France a competitive game, which we did. So I should be happy with that. But it, it was, yeah, it was upsetting. And I don't know why I do this to myself. Every single time England enter a tournament, I get my hopes up. Now, even now, I'm sort of telling myself, oh, it's a young squad, you know, they, they're going to be better next time. Huh. Uh, the, the comforting thought I have is that the next time the World Cup rolls around, Esther will be six and Arthur will be four. So they'll be old enough to watch it with me. And then I could drag them down into the misery and despair of being an England <laughs> fan with me. They can show my pain. You but, think, uh, you think, I digress. Do you think, like, okay, um, you know, one year it has to happen one time right that because that's, that's what i mean since i've been following international football i've seen france win multiple mm. tournaments germany spain italy portugal netherlands 
fucking Denmark, Greece are winning shit. So I'm just thinking, when is it our turn? Right. What's going on? Like, surely law of averages, England have got to win something before I'm dead. Right. But uh, we that's 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 sports misery, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've seen so many dumb, dopey teams win Stanley Cups, and you're just like, well, I mean, come on, what the fuck? One time, one fucking time. Can I can I just have one? I don't want twelve. One. Yeah, I know. Trust me, I'm right there. No, with no, you. That's what's pissing me off about France. I guess since I've been following it, they've won two World Cups. Uh, they've won European Championships. They got to a, 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 a three World Cup finals, and they're in another one now. Just let someone else have a fucking turn. So <laughs> selfish. I agree. Bastards. Dicks. <sighs> okay, sorry. I've got a huge tangent there. Uh, right. Talk to me about Keiji Muto's last match in New Japan. Uh, okay, I'm excited for it. I but I like look at this match though. This match is yes, we have some of the brightest stars. New Japan has to offer uh, in this match. One of which is a youngster who is going to have a rocket ship strapped onto him. And there is no question in my mind why he is in this match. And I'm not talking about Bushi, Joel. Um, the, the reason why Bushi's in this match, it's just, well, we all know. Um, this is a you know, we talk about Western fans and we talk about this is a this is a Hall of Fame type match uh, with people that are legitimate stars, legitimate stars. But. And help me here, because I, I don't know if I have the exact answer or not. But I'll just say this. Hiroshi Tanahashi is in a multi-man tag match at Wrestle Kingdom. The era of what we were accustomed to, I think, is over. I think this is the beginning of that seismic change. We are no longer in the Tanahashi era. We are no longer in uh, the Ace era. It's it's a little bit distressful to me. Uh, again, this is a big, huge, marquee, Hall of Fame type match for a Japanese audience. And even the New Japan Pro Wrestling audience, is as it should be. Hiroshi Tanahashi is in a multi-man tag match at Wrestle Kingdom. I just want people to be able to digest that. Because to me, that's the biggest change of all. That's that's one of the biggest changes of all. Um, and again, the fact of, of who is in this tag match. They could have picked anyone on that fucking roster. They're here to change the guard. Yes. As I said, I mean, this has got to be the the moment to not crown show to Umino, but you know, this is very intentional to have, you know, the past ace, present ace, future ace all on the same team. Mm. And yeah, I'll be interested to see where Shota Umino goes after that because this is a, a really big spot for him. I know, you know, we're seeing guys like Narita from his class get these championship singles matches, but I think the significance of this six-man tag match should not be lost on the audience. Uh, okay, seventh match then is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match, the four-way between Master Huato, <laughs> El Desperado, Hiro Takahashi, 
uh, Taiji Ishimori. Uh, so again, we talked about this one before. I thought they set it up really well in that fantastic tag match that they had. I think it, that was at Battle Autumn Osaka, I want to say. Uh, but that really got me hyped for it. I think this is going to be the chance to make a start out of Watto. Uh, I think it's going to be tremendous fun. Um, I will say Watto has improved. How about that? Um, again, I I am here scratching my head uh, with the limited amount of hair follicles that I do have. Um, again, he's in a big spotlight match. And uh, there are a lot of guys sitting on the bench. So uh, maybe not in a, in a junior capacity, but still, I think to me, Master Watto being in the bright lights, that does leave me questioning some things. But this match will be fucking great, right? I don't think anybody's going to think that it's not. Um, I mean, we'll give predictions maybe next week when we do the preview show. But um, yeah, uh, again, Another another barn burner, another uh, exciting, fun, tons of talent in the ring. So yeah, that that's that's going to be a good match. Uh, double main event here. So eighth match is the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship. Will Ospreay with his fifth defense against the challenger Kenny Omega. Now, am I overhyping this by saying this has got the potential to be one of the best matches in recent history? On paper, it does. On paper, it does. That's a lot of pressure, too, to put on those two guys. But, like, this is, to me, this is the match. This is this is what's bringing the boys to the yard. Uh, this is the milkshake, if you will. Uh, it's exciting. It's fun. It's buzzworthy. It'll be epic. And I think even New Japan knows it. Because have you seen the Wrestle Kingdom poster? I have not, no. Okay. Uh, front and center on it. <sighs> Big front and center. Big front and center. Now, again, we always try to dismiss posters and who's on the poster and who's not on the poster. See if you can find that. I, I, I saw it. I forget where I saw it. But see if you can find that. Because that is positioned at least on the poster. And the poster is there to what? Sell tickets. Front and center. Big as can be. And everyone else is much smaller. Including your IWGP World Heavyweight Champion and the Challenger. Yeah, well, let's get on to them now. So the ninth match on our main event is the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship match. Uh, I keep forgetting Jay White is actually the champion, so this will be his third defense, and he'll be facing Kazuchika Okada. Uh, Kamado Ray says, why has little to no effort been put into the Okada-Jay feud when it's supposed to be the main event? I mean, Jay White's not even turning up for these Road 2 Korakuids to build the match. I mean, Jesus Christ, that is just dead. Absolutely dead. Get the defibrillator out. Clear. Boop. Nothing. Not a fucking pulse on this one. It is a stone-cold corpse lying at the top of this Wrestle Kingdom card. You know, I, we know what it is. This is just, Jay White is the generic baddie for Okada to be, and everyone to say, Ishni Sada at the end. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope there is a swerve and a high angle that's going to, you know, make me eat crow on this, but I don't think it will be. This is just, as I said, absolutely dead. 
Uh, Jay White has just completely shit the bed on building this and hyping this. It, it's you know the, when he was in that the match at the final, just repeatedly drawing attention to the clap crowds. It's fucking nonsense because the, who does that build heat for? It doesn't build heat for the match. It doesn't build heat for Jay White. It doesn't build heat for his opponent. It doesn't build heat for Okada. It just draws attention to something that we're all trying to forget. So him just constantly pointing out that, oh, look, you, you're, you're all clapping. Clapping is bad. Yes, we know. Yeah. And it's not helping. Yeah. It just kills the crowd even more. It just it's absolutely sucks the life out of it. He's a guy who's just really struggled this year to come up with any new ideas. I think he's really struggling to adjust with the clap crowds. And now that we have a cheering crowd at WrestleKings, well, what's the angle going to be? What's the gimmick going to be? How's he going to handle that? So here's a guy who I just look at him and we've talked about it before. I'm wondering, is he? Is this it? Is this the end of the line for Jay White and New Japan Pro Wrestling? Because if it is, you know, that might not be the worst thing in the world. It just, he looks like a guy who's out of ideas and out of motivation and, I'm sure the match will be really good. I mean, there's, I've got no doubt that I'm going to watch it and, you know, it will tick all the boxes that you want from a Wrestle Kingdom main event, but it just feels like there's no heart in it. There's no excitement. There's no passion. It's just, it feels like a foregone conclusion. It, 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 is been, it has been one of the worst builds to a Wrestle Kingdom main event in, in recent memory. I know people will go back to, like, Kenny's weirdness, um, this is, this has been really not even, well, bad in the sense that it's, you know, you're supposed to be excited for a main event and I don't think anybody is. And let's be honest here. The, the semi main event is the main event at this point. Um, in a lot of people's eyes, uh, you know, we were, we've been saying it for a while that this bullet club thing needs to fucking get, get moving here. And what thing? There is no thing, Damon. I know I mean, people have been telling me there's a bullet club civil war. Where? Yeah. I haven't fucking seen one. I mean, how many times have we, we've, we've heard that from numerous people though. It's it. And it was a line to do so like that, like the, the, like the, the, you're right. It, it's not, it's, 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 if, if it is, going to happen it has to happen at the end of this match don't you think like don't you think there has to be something that happens where because this is God, this is literally how many times the, we had this conversation I know. how many times have we said oh, this is going to be the moment I know. where you know evil turns on jay white i just i feel like an idiot even bringing it up i'm they're not gonna make a fool out of me again david okay i i mean i'm with you i'm with you i'm i'm disappointed in the sense that a it it was there and it would have been pretty cool i think like it would have definitely i think re-energized bullet club um <laughs> it needed to happen 2 years ago i know i know but you thought maybe okay this would be it and and it would be done well i i thought um and it was always te- like teased and sh- look who knows uh, but i got to be honest with you at this point i don't give a shit <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I don't care what the fuck happens with them. Who gives a fuck? And it's so spread out all over the place. And it's so disjointed. And it's so, like, who cares anymore? Um, Yes, the match will be good. Of course it will be good. It's a Wrestle Kingdom main event. It will be good. 
but yeah, going into it, do like on a scale of one to ten, I'm probably at like a two or a three when it comes to excitement level or or you know buzz or. Okay, all right, good good question. All right, let me ask if you were to rank all nine of these main card matches in order of how excited you are. How close to the bottom is this? Oh, it's it's like, whew. like I said, two or three. Like I'm like Carl Anderson and Tamatanga have that hands down number one. Uh, uh, trust me, of the entire card, it probably settles in at the second spot. To be honest, I mean, you figure. Uh, the stardom match will have great action, unbelievable wrestling, uh, and the possibility of a pretty historic angle. Uh, even the tag match will be very good. Uh, the junior tag match will be fantastic. Uh, Kenny and 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 Omega are going to fucking blow the the roof off the joint. Uh, you, you know, and even like the the the, the multi man tag with Tanahashi and Muda, and you know that's that'll be. So fun. It's near the bottom of the list, Joel. That's sad. It's, it's, think about that. That's fucking sad. All right. So let me ask you this. What was the biggest cause of that? Was it A, Jay White, and just, again, feeling like he's out of bag of tricks? B, Okada with the, I'm not defending this, this you know, G1 thing. I'm it, and that's it. Uh, or is there another reason? I've got a primarily point the figure at Jay White, just because, you know, he's... I mean, they, they should both get some of the blade, to be honest. I think it's just kind of disgraceful that we've got to this point and they failed to do any kind of interesting or meaningful or memorable interactions together. That's got to be on both of them. But, I mean, just the fact that Jay White is not at these Rotu Korakuins, which is their primarily to build up hype for Wrestle Kingdom and for the IWGP champion to not be there is some heinous shit in my eyes. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you this. Do you think that's more Jay White or do you think that's the company? The company said, Jay, we need you here. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this is the same thing that I said about the Carl Anderson thing. They have allowed that to happen and they've allowed this to happen. You know, if you're in charge of this company, you say, Jay White, get out there and do a fucking face-to-face with Okada or, or cut a promo. Or just do something. Just do something to make people give a shit about this match. You know, I as much as... New Japan does a lot of good things. And New Japan does things that just make you fucking scratch your head. Like, who's running the ship here? <laughs> what the fuck? Like, this is a company that, not for nothing, took great pride in their heavyweight title situation you know what i mean like it like if anything everything down the bottom of the card was falling apart you knew that that title meant something and it was important and people were into it i i've n- i can't remember the like you we would have to go back to who i mean pre aj right um where the the world title has just been like, what the fuck are we doing? Hmm. That's weird going into a Wrestle Kingdom. I got to be honest with you. And I think 
I, I here's what, uh, if I'm going to point the blame, I'm not blaming the wrestlers because because the the wrestlers are not like like Jay's not just going to run through a fucking curtain and you know start fucking cutting a promo on Okada unless the company says Jay go out there you know what I mean like Jay's just a fucking pawn in this and I don't even think the the two guys had a, a ton of opportunity to build this like I can't put it necessarily on the wrestlers per se I mean they weren't really given any opportunity to do anything right. Yeah, I, again, that's what I'm wondering now. Oh, management looking at this thinking, yeah, this is good. This is great. They can't be happy they with this. They can't. They must. I mean, they had the fucking blueprint of of it. They wrote the fucking blueprint. And they, they I don't know what they're doing. I, you, you can blame Jay White all you want. I blame the company. Because the company gave them nothing. Gave them nothing. To, to work with. Right. Well, let's look ahead there. So, Cole Blue says, what's more likely post-Wrestle Kingdom, Jay White babyface run in New Japan or Jay White leaving for AEW or WWE? Cole Blue says, is an Okada heel turn on the cards, perhaps with evil Masahiro Chono goatee, transitioning him to a sort of final boss figure for Umino, Narita, Okada, etc., to aspire to defeat. And Frank says, who do you think the next challenger for the IWGP World Heavyweight title will be? We all know the right answer is Honma. Hon made will run, run wild in 2023. Well. Um, I, I mean, just based on promotional materials, I do have a feeling that Jay's sticking around. I don't think it's going to be like, right, January 5th, he's off. Although he is behaving, conducting himself in a way that suggests that he is going to be leaving. Uh, Okada, I don't, he doesn't need like a, you know, sort of uh, theatrical, dramatic heel to, to do that. He could just slide into that role to be that final boss without having to drastically change his appearance or his behaviour. And I think that's one of the things Okada's been really good at is depending on the the circumstances that he's in, he's able to slide into that role. I think one match that sticks in my mind was the 2017 G1 match against, I want to say, Satoshi Kojima, where he was just an absolute shithead in that match, and it was great. So he could do that without actually doing any dramatic narrative turns. Uh, who's going to be the next challenger? That's a tricky one. I mean, it's, it is difficult for me to resist the temptation not to point to Shota Umino and do... You know, the Rainmaker shock, but this time with the roles reversed, and this time Okada's on the receiving end of it. Uh, but yeah, maybe it'll be Jonah. Let's say Jonah comes out and challenges him. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can give it to one of the up and comers. I think that might be a little bit early, but they've done it before. Um, let's, let's put this show in a nice box and a bow and say it's Shibata. <laughs> the show in the box and Shibata's brain in the jar. Shibata's brain, yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, Flynn says, thoughts on the Wrestle Kingdom card. It's great to see a normal one-night card where every match means something. I'm excited or at least interested in everything on the card except the main. Even without a card, it never really fails in a big spot. I mean, top to bottom, this is a, I think is a great card. I'm great very card. excited for it. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm into everything and even though... Uh, uh, I'm disappointed in the build and and how it it seems unimportant. I know that once the bell rings, I'll be into it. So I think top to bottom, this is one of the most stacked Wrestle Kingdoms cards. Yeah. 
And looking ahead to New Year Dash, that's going to be a mystery vortex show. So the cards will be announced, uh, will be decided when wrestlers enter the ring with their entrance music. So they're not even going to give you a card on the day. Oh. You're just going to have to wait and see who comes out of the ring. So the rumours are that there's going to be a team of all Japan renegades on this show. So Jake Lee is the big name that has been touted there. Uh, does that excite you? Have you seen much of Jake Lee? Are you looking forward to this? I, I, I Yeah. I mean, it's something n- new. You'll have new matchups and things that, you know, when G1 rolls around, you're always like, okay, maybe if they pulled somebody from New Japan or, excuse me, All Japan or, or Big Japan or wherever. Um, yeah, I'm into it. I, 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 could, I could definitely get into that. Yes. All right. Uh, last question for you before we wrap it up. Andrew says, does Takami Obari deserve the Promoter of the Year Award for facing down the Japanese government to bring back cheering and for opening New Japan up to work for other promotions? Or does his handling of the Ibushi situation and going along with Carl Anderson's shit disqualify him? I think there, there, there are positives, just like with everything with New Japan, there, there are positives and there are negatives. And that's why we talk about it on this show. Is he promoter of the year? I think, I think, I think he could be in the discussion, but um, look, the Carl Anderson thing is just one of those things that's a middle of the card, lower end of the card. And it's, you know, it's it is a head scratcher, but okay, great. Um, no, he's not promoted here. Right, well, on that bombshell, <laughs> that will do. I'll go to bed. It's uh, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast. If you want to throw some money our way, we always appreciate that. If you want to join our Discord, you can send me a direct message on Twitter and join the fun at Cobra Kawaii and prowrestlingtees.com forward slash super jcast one of our t shirts. Big thank you to Editor Dan. You can find him on Twitter at LousyHero219. Don't forget to vote in our Euro Awards. Uh, you can find that on Twitter at the Super Jcast. Subscribe to Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. And also, I have written a secret Santa review for a match that was gifted to me, and it's probably the most insane thing I've ever written. It hasn't been published yet, but watch this space because hopefully it will go up soon. Uh, I just completely lost the plot when I was writing it, so <laughs> look forward to that. Uh, give us a five-state review on iTunes. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and goodbye. Hey everybody, my name is Jesse Collings, and I want to tell you all about my show, The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. On The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, we do a thorough analysis on the biggest issues and trends within the pro wrestling industry. We talk a lot about pro wrestling media, we talk a lot about fan culture, and wrestling's place within general pop culture, and we talk about the broader influences that are shaping the way we discuss and analyze the pro wrestling industry. We've had some of the brightest minds in the pro wrestling intelligentsia on the show, including WrestleNomics host Brandon Thurston, 
both Rich Krejci and Joe Lanza from the Flagship Wrestling Podcast, Trevor Dame from the Through the Years Podcast, and a whole lot more. This isn't a show for hot takes. It's not a show recapping the latest episode of television. This is a show focusing on the biggest topics in pro wrestling and doing a deep dive on the real stories behind the surface level analysis you might find elsewhere. The Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a try. Thanks. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.